0: I'm Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. Each weekday at noon, you'll find me here on 90.3 FM or WPLN.org. This is Nashville as our brand new daily show here at WPLN News. We're journeying into the identity of our city and region and bringing you along with us. Today, we're talking some trash. Well, we're talking about trash. With the city embroiled in a lengthy contract dispute with Red River, a private waste management company, our trash and recycling pickup schedule has become unreliable. More on that later in the hour. But first, we wanna spend some time on something a bit heavier. It was just one year ago today that a gunman opened up fire in three Atlanta area day spas, killing eight people, six six of whom were of Asian descent, women of Asian descent. The shock resonated throughout the country. And Nashville was no exception. WPLN reporter Juliana Kim joins us now to reflect on how this tragedy hit home here in Nashville. Juju, welcome to This is Nashville.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. You know, at the time, you were a reporting fellow for the New York Times, and you actually traveled to Atlanta to report on this. Take us back to this moment, that moment. What was it like to recover?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I. I think the hardest part for me in reporting um, was that I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, You know, as a reporter, all I want to do is to get to the bottom of an issue, you know, understand all the complexities and forces and systems, right, so that I can help our readers and listeners make sense of it, too. Um, And, you know... People have been able to discover motive about the Atlanta shootings and, you know, there's been a lot of great reporting about, uh, you know, why possibly that event took place. But it's kind of like, especially during that time, um, it's like the grief that I felt blocked my brain from being able to grasp it. and. There were a lot of moments when I felt powerless both as a reporter and as an Asian American.
0: You know, you moved to Nashville not long after and started to get a sense of how it if this affected people here. One woman you met was Ketsa, Ketsana Vailak. She's the president of the Nashville chapter of the Na- National Association of Asian American Professionals. She says the tragedy really hit home for her.
2: Just imagine if it was like my mother, my sister, or my aunt. It hit us greatly because we were so close to Atlanta. So what happened was, I called up all the officers. We, we started talking, like, "Hey, we we need to go and support this." So we all finally got a chance to meet, and it takes a shooting like that in Atlanta for us, for us officers to meet at city hall when we went there and joined all the other api communities with the support from the city and we held up our signs and we went there and lit candles to call out to the victims and these are the people that we don't know we didn't know but now we know them by name because of this hate this hatred this shooting
0: i can really hear and feel the hurt in her voice. You know, it's a tragic way for this community to come together, but it sounds like she's saying she's grateful for coming together nonetheless.
1: Yeah, um, I think that that was, um, you know, something special that was able to happen after the shootings. Um, you know, and I I think it's because Sorry. <laughs> it's it's tough. It's tough mm-hmm. to talk about this. And I, you know, I'm, I think there has been progress met, made. I think there are things that we can look to to feel encouraged, like the fact that after the shootings, you know, there were Asian-Americans that I talked to that were nervous about and kind of disillusioned of whether, you know, where to find the Asian community here. How do I grieve with other Asian-Americans here? You know, they thought that they would have to go to kind of bigger metropolitan cities where there are larger Asian populations. And I think they felt really affirmed that, you know, there was this vigil, there have been get togethers, people are committed to being together. Um, But nonetheless, right, all of that is mixed in with feelings of grief and anger and fear and fatigue. And I think for, you know, again, just for, for. From the conversations with that I've had with the Asian Americans, I'm not trying to speak uh, for the whole community here, right? And I and I want to emphasize that because I think there's a tendency to make out the Asian American experience as a monolith. Um, But the folks that I've spoken to, you know, it triggered familiar woes that they feel of being here, Mm. you know, of being in a city, of being in a state where they make a tiny fraction of um, the population, right, where, you know, it triggered those feelings of feeling undervalued and, um, misunderstood and overlooked, and so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but...
0: No, you do, you do answer my, that the question I understand about, one, having your community not being seen as a monolith, and then with the fear, and in many ways being invisible, to a lot of people, and things like this occur and people want to pay attention, but it's only for the quick second as the trauma and the tragedy is in our faces. One of the people you met in your reporting is Daniel Yoon. He is a Korean adoptee and local attorney. He has lived in Nashville for 12 years, but he said he he wasn't until the Atlanta shooting that it wasn't until then that he really found the AAPI community here and started to think about his own identity. Let's listen to this.
3: I didn't know they existed, or if I did, it was very in the back burner of my mind to even uh, try to introduce myself to them or get involved. Uh, But after that event, obviously I think there was growing uh, attention to the desire at least for an Asian American community um, to get together and feel supported.
0: Juju, is that something you've heard from a lot of people over the past year?
1: Yes, yes. I, I think that, um, I think that's been something remarkable of in my conversations with folks that um, I think this year has, you know, um, I, I want to preface it that people have been doing the work here. It's not like, you know, uh, and it's not that this is the only time, right, that people have heard of, uh, you know, a. An attack, or you know, a violent act against an Asian American, Mm -hmm. and I think that. But I think what's been what we're seeing this past year has been um, real momentum uh, and a real energy to get together, um, you know, outside of people's normal Asian circles, you know. And not just to share the same language or eat the same food or celebrate certain traditions, but to get together around this Asian American identity and um, to build coalitions, not just within the Asian American uh, community, but with just people of color with anyone who considers themselves an ally and to recognize that there's strength in numbers and to also recognize that there is a sense of urgency to it. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not just something fun to do. It's not not just a nice thing to have, to have, to feel a sense of community here, but there is a, you know, it's important because there's a level of, or a dimension of safety to it, right, Mm -hmm. as folks have told me.
0: You know, wounds like this don't heal quickly, if ever. You mentioned this a little bit before when we started, but really, you know, how has this affected you? How are you working out your feelings? You're a young woman, you're here, new into this town, you know, and this is a story that you've come to cover, and it's so closely related to you.
1: You know, I'll be honest with you, it's it's a sad day, and there's been a lot of sad moments um, this year, right? You know, what happened last March hit close to home because one, I'm Korean, like some of the victims. Um, my mom worked in spa salons. I used to take naps in the massage rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a hard day because it's one of many stories that we've heard before the pandemic and honestly, since last March, right? It sounds, it feels sometimes like the stories of Asian Americans being brutalized or killed just continued to pile on. And it doesn't also help that today is just generally and quite literally a dark and gloomy day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What have you learned or what are you still learning about yourself and the community?
1: You know, going back to kind of uh, the beginning of our conversation where I talked about that I couldn't make sense of it, where my brain just physically, you know, couldn't grasp it. I think I've learned to be okay with that and to make space that, to stop trying to make what happened last March or these attacks anything more than sad. Mm. You know, maybe it's okay to not take, try to make meaning out of it. Maybe it's okay to always see it as a really tragic event. Um and maybe there's just work to be done that that's not the only thing that defines us as a community, um, but it will be something that we have to continue to hold on to.
0: WPLN reporter Juliana Kim, Juju, thank you for sharing your experience with us. Thank you for your excellent reporting. You are amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Khalil. We're switching gears after the break. Trash has been piling up on our streets. When we return, we'll hear from frustrated residents to get a better idea of what exactly is going on. We'll pick up the discussion in a moment. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil E. and this is Nashville. I think it's fair to say that trash has been on a lot of our minds lately. Maybe your recycling is piling up in your trunk, or maybe you're chasing the garbage trucks in the morning because they keep skipping your house. Yes, the waste management system here in Nashville is in need of some serious help. While the city is in a contract dispute with the waste management contractor, Red River, Residents are losing their patience. My next guest is one such resident. Rainy Heflin lives in Glenview. She joins me now. Rainy, welcome to This is Nashville.
2: Thank you. Good morning.
0: Good morning. I guess it's afternoon now. Yes, yes, that's right. You know, uh, daylight savings time has us all thrown off a little bit.
2: Yes, it hit me this morning.
0: Okay, okay. So can you tell me what your experience have been like with Trash Pickup?
2: This all started actually before COVID, we had missed a few, every now and then they wouldn't pick up till the next day or maybe even the next week. And then once COVID hit, it got to where it was very regular where we weren't getting trash pickup. And we uh, had a teleconference with meeting with Red River. They made all kinds of promises. They blamed it on equipment. They blamed it on not being able to get people to come to work. Then they blamed it on that whole area of Antioch and Glenview out there just booming in population. And so they couldn't keep up, but they made all these promises and then it got better for a couple of weeks. Shortly after that, the company files for bankruptcy. Mm. So it falls again. And at some points we're going two weeks without trash pickup. Now I have neighbors who have large families and they have two of the containers and they're full and overflowing. You have dogs getting in it. You have wild animals getting in it. This is a health issue. So then we stop recycling right at Christmas. So now you have all those extra boxes and the paper, it's strewn everywhere.
0: What have people been recycling, doing? Recycling f- comes back. What what have people been I'm doing sorry? with their garbage? What are folks doing with their trash? They're just,
2: they're just piling it up or they're dumping it on the side of our streets out there in our neighborhood. And it is weekly that I'm sending in something to Hub Nashville about trash pickup out there where people have dumped anything. Well, actually right now there is a reclining, Love seat, sitting against a guardrail on the main street coming into my neighborhood.
0: I'm sure that's just not the people watch. Now, I can tell from the tone of your voice what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask you anyway. (laughs) How do you feel about this?
2: It makes me very angry. We were hit with a tax increase in the middle of a pandemic where people were losing their livelihoods, and yet our, our benefits have dropped. You know, we're not getting the advantages of a tax increase. If you have a contract with me and I can't honor it, I've broken the legality of that contract. So this should have been taken care of over a year ago, pushing two years now that they've had these issues. If they can't fulfill the contract, then that contract should be void. I realize there's some type of system you have to go through if you have a a contract with Metro to get it voided, but those steps should have been taken much earlier than what they have been
0: now have you have you been in contact with your local public officials what are they doing to address the problem
2: oh yes Taneka Vircher is my council person out there in district 28 she's one of the hardest working women in the city um, i call her text her pretty much weekly she drives through her district and our neighborhood and reports things herself that she sees Uh, whether it be a code violation or trash problems, she's out there and she's working, but she's only one person.
0: Mm -hmm. Now I'd like to bring in my next guest. Mac Nolan is the director of solid waste management in Williamson County. He has worked in the garbage industry for decades and we're happy to have him with us. Mac, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
0: Appreciate having you here now. Do any of Rainey's comments about the garbage issues in her neighborhood, do they sound familiar to you?
4: Yes. Of course, I've been watching that on the news as well. Uh, The problem that happened when COVID hit is when everybody got sent home, they started trying to do the the projects at home that they hadn't done before. They didn't have time. So it just flooded our our locations with extra trash, uh, almost three times the volume. So it put a real strain on everybody's system, uh, we here in, in Williamson County recovered fairly well with that. We were prepared. Uh, we struggled. Uh, we were finally caught back up, but uh, we, we didn't uh, lose any service
0: issues. Quick question for you. Rainey mentioned that at the holidays, recycling was done. Now, we know a lot of people are buying boxes. There's wrapping paper. There's boxes. There's Amazon deliveries. Was that a wise choice for the city to shut down recycling as people were have more boxes than normal?
4: The city, has, the city of Nashville had a very difficult choice, and and the, the, your other caller actually mentioned that trash is a health issue. Recycling is not really a rodent and an insect problem, so they had to devote their, their resources on getting the trash up instead of the recycle. Uh, recycling is really grown because of everybody being at home and having stuff shipped there, so that's, that's a, a, a product that's increased a lot as well.
0: Now, I mentioned you've been in the game for a very long time, and I'm sure you've heard and seen it all. So... This is not just a Nashville problem, right? I mean, what is going on with the waste management system in our entire region, Middle Tennessee?
4: Middle Tennessee is basically the economic driver for, for the entire state of Tennessee. And landfill space is quickly dwindling away. So in Middle Tennessee, we're looking at alternative sources and something else. To do. Uh, burying trash is, you know, may not be in our future. So we got to look and see what's out there, and, and all of it's going to cost more money. But we've got to see what's the most efficient and, and the best for the environment.
0: I'm going to get to asking you what's best in a minute. But we invited city officials to join us for today's show, but they were not available. We did catch Sonia Allman from Metro Water Services yesterday. She tells us that about 73% of our col- trash collection is done by Red River And that is a lot. 8% is handled by GFL. The rest is up to Metro. She broke it down for us. Take a listen.
1: You know, we hear the term, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And um, you know, that's true even with a lot of the, the things we do, we do a lot of things in house. Sometimes it's cheaper to do it with contract work because they're able to get labor or equipment cheaper. Sometimes it's cheaper to do it internally um, we look at all of that Um, when it comes to trash collection uh, we do feel it's very important to have a combination of contractors and metro staff um, because you know you're able to uh, utilize a a much larger area one thing that you know we have been mindful of is that no one contractor should have such a large portion that they can have such a large effect on the city as red river has
0: I should say that we did reach out to Red River for comment, but haven't heard back. Okay, so as it is, Red River accounts for 73% of our trash collection, which seems like a recipe for disaster. Mac, why does that have such a ripple effect?
4: Uh, normally when municipalities put out contracts like that, they'll have uh, multiple uh, bidders, and then they'll they'll pick the best bid and go to work with that. Uh, I'm I'm not real familiar with Red River, but I'm sure they like the rest of our industry. When COVID hit, everybody was going home. Getting drivers is hard to do. It's still hard to find drivers. It's hard to find people to work. The federal government was uh, p- actually paying people to stay home, so people didn't want to come to work. and we still have not recovered from that.
0: What can be done to remedy this? Pay increases. Simple as that. We pay people more money. And we go out there and heavily recruit for folks to do these jobs.
4: Well, that's that's what it's going to go to. And then also the, the biggest remedy for it is going to be education. We have to start an education program statewide at the state level, the county level, and each municipal I mean, municipality level on why solid waste needs to be done the way we need you to do it. Just getting people to understand it is, is going to be the, the best thing. Right now, most residents roll their cart to the end of the their driveway and when they come home that afternoon it's empty it's gone they don't know where it goes how it gets there or anything else they need to learn
0: Would that be a matter of trying to convince uh people in the state legislature to put funds into an education effort
4: i, I think that would be a good start because it's it's a state problem i mean every municipality and county in the state has the same issue uh, uh, i was in a meeting yesterday with, with a lot of people from across the state and it's all the same Mm. And we, we determined yesterday that education is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to educate people to where they know why. Going
0: to have to fund that. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Colonna. We're talking trash this hour in a problem that has a lot of us scratching our heads. Now, Rainey, when you hear Mac explain the ripple effect of what happens when contractors don't live up to expectations, how does that make you feel?
2: I'm not really sure how it makes me feel. I, I kind of feel like I really appreciate his, his statements. He's, he's clearing up several things. I applaud him for that. But the bottom line is we need our trash picked up. Um, no, he's right. I don't know where it goes uh, once it leaves my driveway. I have no idea. Not really sure that that's important to me. What's important to me is my neighborhood doesn't have trash all over the street all over people's yards, all over the vacant lots. It just needs to be picked up. We're paying for that service.
0: And the service isn't happening.
2: And that's true. And I do agree with him that higher wages would help um, exponentially. People are not getting paid enough, especially if they live in Nashville, to live and work here. There needs to be some type of Increase not just to recruit, but just to allow people to live a decent life.
0: Mm-hmm. Mac, I'm curious about landfills. Are landfills the most efficient way for us to handle our waste, or is this just a really antiquated method?
4: Landfills are is the cheapest way for us to handle our waste. Any other process uh, that costs more money because you got a lot more equipment and uh, technology involved. Uh, But cheapest is not always the best. The landfills, the design of them and the way they're operated when they're operated properly are very safe. Uh, But we're going to run out of space. We're running out of space now for a lot of other things. And it's just going to be a hard it's going to be really hard to find another site that's suitable to be a landfill. And the area of the residents that live there are going to allow.
0: What are some of the best alternatives that we're not paying attention to simply because the price tag is too high?
4: To find alternative uh, uses for our trash, reuse it, turn it into the fuel sources, uh, several different things like that. Uh, recycle better. Right now, the problem with recycling in in uh, especially Middle Tennessee is the perception of trash is almost free or really really cheap, and there's no incentive to recycle. Just throw it all in a bag and throw it away. So if the trash costs you a lot to get rid of, and the recycle didn't cost you. Any, then people are going to recycle better.
0: Hmm. Now. Question is: Does the onus fall upon elected officials to prioritize an efficient and sustainable waste program?
4: Yes, and it also falls on the public to be pushing for it, and the public to allow themselves to be educated on why it's going to cost you more to take care of your trash and why you have to do it in a specific manner.
0: Now, Rainey, I want to ask you: According to what Mac just said, you said yourself just now that you know your trash leaves your house. So, well, when it's supposed to, when things are working well, it leaves your house, you don't know where it goes, and you're not necessarily concerned. Hearing Max say this, and you know, being on the show now, and we're talking about this, sharing it with the entirety of Middle Tennessee and people on the internet, are, is this kind of engendering and creating a little bit more concern about the issue for you?
2: Well, I grew up in Western Kentucky, and we had a landfill not far from our house. In fact, it's still the tornado went through there in December. Uh, it's still in operation. There was a lot of trash there, I agree. I'm not really sure how much of Nashville, you know, is it all middle Tennessee goes to one or is there more than one? And he is right, we're running out of, of places to put it. We're running out of places to put people. So we do need to find other ways and other avenues to use this trash. I really like the reuse. He has some great ideas, I wish we could get him in Nashville.
0: Maybe so. But, you know, Rainey, you mentioned that your councilwoman is doing a lot herself. What would you like to see done at a broader level from public officials?
2: as As an elected official, I just really feel like their main concern should be the people that elected them, not tourism, not any of the other assets. If you start there and take care of the people that elected you, all that other will fall into place. And it doesn't seem like that's what's happening right now. It seems like our officials are more concerned with tourism. And yes, I understand that running the city is multifaceted. I know it's not a simple solution to anything. And there's a lot of tentacles that go into every decision-making process. But I still feel like if you take care of the base, the root, the rest will fall in place. And right now the root is not being taken care of. Look at our streets, no sidewalks, no trash pickup.
0: Mac, what should we be focusing You're on? you exactly right. Yeah.
4: Uh, infrastructure has been suffering. we uh, our governments are looking at bringing in higher paid jobs, more people and things like that. Mm-hmm. We, but we're not focusing on, you know, we bring in more people, you bring in more trash. You bring in more people, you bring in more need for the roads. And uh, our county mayor said it the other day in a meeting that the two things that the citizens of Tennessee see every day is trash and the streets.
0: So as we move forward, what should our focus so we be? We
4: need to start focusing on those and, and spending a little more money in that direction. Tur- tourism's great, but tourism yeah. tourism's great, but you know tourism brings in more trash as well.
0: Mhm. Mhm. That's ab- absolutely the truth. They do, and they get to leave and not be saddled with it like we are. Well, I want to thank you very much for being with us and for sharing your expertise. That was Mac Nolan, Director of Solid Waste Management in Williamson County, and thank you for joining us. Glenview Glenview resident Rainy, Rainy Heflin is going to stick around with us through the break. We've been talking this hour about Trash Pile Up and how it is affecting our daily lives. When we come back from the break, we'll get into why it matters. Stick with us. This is Nashville. This is Nashville. We've been talking this hour about the trash pile up in our city and region. It's more than just an inconvenience. Our landfills are reaching capacity and officials are scrambling for longer term solutions. The problem with garbage is directly related to environmental justice, something my next guest is very aware of. Jaffe Judah is president of the nonprofit Recycle Reinvest. Jaffe Welcome to This is Nashville.
3: Great morning. How are you all doing this morning?
0: Doing well. Thank you for having me. Doing well. Thank you for being with us. So tell me about the mission of Recycle Reinvest.
3: The mission of Recycle Reinvest is to cultivate the next generation of environmental leaders through art, education, and environmental upkeep.
0: How do you do that?
3: So the way that we do that, we... uh, our vision is to cultivate a safer community through a cleaner environment. And we do that by our after-school programs as well as our community cleanup initiatives. But um, we do that through our youth mentorship program, which is called the Eco Drip Leadership Learning Zone. And with our um, environmental justice project and program, rather, we identify like up to five youth boys and girls between the ages of nine to 16. And the North Nashville community or South Nashville community. We're also servicing um, the Napier community uh, in Davidson County. Um, And youth get the opportunity to visit and talk to different community leaders from the gardens community, uh, Congress leaders, colleges, and farms uh, to learn about what environmental racism is and how they can be uh, an agent of change in that community.
0: You started volunteering in under-resourced communities before this whole dust-up with Red River, right? Correct. And you noticed that trash was a problem. Tell Mm -hmm. me more about how that can affect the community.
3: Oh man, that affect the community just also by it inflates crime. Uh, one thing i've noticed me being from the east nashville area but also like i said we my organization serves the south nashville area the Napier community uh, we see that when you have an influx of trash in your alleyways and your streetways um and and you know when we have this type of uh scenery of lack of value it almost incites or invites crime and 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 greater um and, and greater uh it, it it really invites crime, I would say. And Napier is a food insecure, uh, disenfranchised, low housing, under resourced area. And I feel like when we are not tackling the trash or not tackling the issue of the importance of um, having more trash cans in sight, having more uh, recycling options, um, it 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 increases the crime in these in these low income areas and under-resourced areas.
0: Rainy Heflin, resident of Glenview, is still with us. I'm curious for your reaction to what Jaffe just shared about the effect on I, the community.
2: I totally agree with everything he just said. Um, my neighborhood is a very diverse neighborhood. And, there is a, and the whole district of 28 is very diverse. It's normally middle class to lower middle class. And all of that, flows into the crime rate, the inability to be able to get out and enjoy their neighborhoods and their yards. All of that plays into it. Mm -hmm. I agree with everything he said.
0: Now, Jaffe, you organized trash cleanups. Do you find that people- Yes, sir. Do you find that people who live in the community are eager to help, or do some people think that it's another person's problem to handle?
3: I would say it's a mixture of both. Um, It's a mixture of both because they start out having the mindset that it's someone else's problem until our team captains or our facilitators educate them on the importance of why it's important that you live in a clean community um, and pick up the trash in your area. Um, I I instantly am able to see, you know, uh, people who aren't, you know, probably as inclined to probably clean their own house you know, to be inspired, to want to come outside and clean the community. We've seen that change happen. Um, And it's it's amazing to see. But we need more leaders and we need more people to support that vision. So that way we can keep this momentum sustained and growing throughout the years to come.
0: It's a part of community. I I, I understand where you're coming from. When I lived in South Los Angeles in my early and mid-20s, I, I had a neighbor, Mr. Larry, and then there was Earl. And these two gentlemen made sure that everybody kept, at least in front and our block, clean. They even made sure that you parked within a certain area so everybody could fit their cars in. You weren't, trust me. Nobody was messing with Mr. Larry and Earl. I'd like to bring in our next guest. Melvin Black is a former Metro Council member from Brudeau, a historically African-American neighborhood that houses a landfill that is near capacity. Melvin, welcome to the show. Thank you. I want to ask you about that landfill. Last year, the Davidson County Solid Waste Board denied an application to expand the landfill site. Help us understand how this issue has affected your community in the neighborhood of Bordeaux.
5: Well, I'm not so sure. Are you, are you referencing the landfill on Ash city Highway, which is a commercial landfill? I actually thought you were talking about the old landfill in the Bartle Hills, but... Uh, Uh, you're going to, any time you want to expand a landfill in any area, whether it's Nashville, Bordeaux, or Los Angeles, the residents are going to rise up in opposition to it. The one in Murfreesboro who is seeking an expansion. Already you have overwhelmingly odds against expanding, and yet we continue to create trash and we also continue to create commercial uh uh trash. So where is the answer? And I've listened to all those that have been on this program and I agree with everything they say. Um we need and I think the most important thing is we need to educate people. We need to educate residents and this I think the city may um empower themselves to utilize uh, the educational process through billing from NES and the Water Department of educating. Uh, when they send bills out, send information out about recycling, trash pickup, recycling, all of that. So that's where I am.
0: Part of educating us is understanding the historical context. Tell us about the old landfill.
5: Now, the old landfill was there in Bardo Hills, uh, right close to... Uh, uh, Bardo Hospital, other facilities there. And um, it was during the early 90s that they wanted to expand that one, and the community rose up against expanding, and uh, they were <clears throat> not granted the expansion of that landfill. That landfill was an old landfill. I remember it so well, because they used to take trash over there. And it was one of the older ones that People brought trash every day to that landfill, and when you go over there, you see rats as big as you and I. Until hmm. the environmental people got involved and required every landfill for every day uh, trash brought in to be covered with dirt, so that uh, it would eradicate rats being uh, around those dumps. So, which was a which was a great in- invention and a great thing to happen.
0: Those are big rats you're talking about. Hmm.
5: Oh, you you talk about some big rats, too, okay?
0: Okay, okay. Now, earlier in the show—
5: okay. big as you and I, but they were pretty big. Okay. They ain't healthy, okay?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. Earlier in the show, our guest, Mac Nolan, Solid Waste Director for Williamson County, was telling us, look, our trash has to go somewhere. So landfills seem inevitable, but they pose risks to those who live near them. And a lot of times those communities don't have the resources to speak up. Jaffe, have you seen that play out in the work that you do?
3: I have seen it play out in the work that we do uh, partially and on a low, very low scale. We have an after-school program, a food waste-focused uh, after-school program with Napier Elementary School in the South Nashville area. And what we do is we get the youth, um, every youth who joins our program gets a free recycle bin. And, excuse that, we had a, we had our youth um, go home, take the recycle bin home and bring home um, bottle caps, bringing back bottle caps to the classroom. And we wanted to introduce to them um, repurposing. Um, I think that if the city can learn how to repurpose on a larger scale. Now we're, you know, switching lanes. And we, the city can learn how to not only take some things to landfill to discard, but also how, what things can we repurpose and reuse that can build homes. So that way we can have a lower cost on rent. And so that way we can have a lower cost on, you know, housing for people who are either homeless or people who are, uh, have you know criminal backgrounds and it's hard for them to get into places like how can we like utilize this trash take this trash and repurpose it into a way that it is becoming more so of a um effect than a defect in Nashville Tennessee or you know just statewide
0: this is Nashville but as
3: far as in our as far as in our work we have um seen it done within the, our programs, the after school program.
0: Okay. This is Nashville. I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. Trash is piling up in our city, and it's more than just a headache. And we're talking now about this ongoing issue and what it means for our city and region. Melvin Black, as a Bordeaux resident and a former Metro Council member, I bet you have some ideas on how the city should handle this. What solutions well, would you like to
5: see? You know, <clears throat> let's, let's face the truth. We're going to create trash. Trash has to go somewhere. And... Uh, as the uh, gentleman and, 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 and Franklin mentioned, uh, the, this, whole, this whole issue is how do we handle this in the future? And we, they, we, we talked about even in Nashville, we had the thermal, thermal plant downtown to reduce the amount of trash going on landfills. Now, after a period of time, that thermal plant, thermal, thermal plant, Actually, uh, had to be closed down because of the cost. But I, uh, <clears throat> I would I'd be willing to uh, utilize that, that uh, source of uh, burning again as long as it is not in the central part of the town, somewhere like in the county, where we could reduce the amount of trash going to a landfill. So that would be my position, even though the cost would be there, and the cost is, uh, is astronomical, it would certainly be uh, one that uh, the city would have to look at in terms of the cost as opposed to the cheaper landfill, as the guy mentioned.
0: Rainey, I'd like to hear your reaction to Melvin's comments.
2: I think the cost, as he said, is going to be there anyway. And we've got to come find some type of solution. Uh, Education is another great one. There was a school in my hometown two or three years ago that collected plastic lids off of any plastic container, whether it was yogurt or milk or cottage cheese or sour cream or whatever, just the lids. And they turned those lids in and they were recycled into a bench for the school. So the students actually got to see what they collected turn into something useful for them. I think that's a key in eliminating some of the trash. We're always still going to have trash. So whether it be a thermal plant or a landfill, which we've already discussed, we're running out of land. We're going to have to think of other ways to get rid of this trash.
0: Do you think we'll, we have to start burning trash?
2: I would hope not. But if it comes to that, we it would have to be so governed that I don't think it would ever be effective because you would have to pick and choose what could burn and what couldn't burn to not, you know, harm the environment. And then somebody's going to have to separate that. So you're still back to that huge expense.
0: Now, you mentioned the idea of repurposing and Jaffe mentioned that as well. Um, You know, we have a lot of development happening. When I lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, they built an entire stadium from materials from the previous stadium that they tore down. They repurposed that. Is that type of thing, with the continued development and growth of the city, is that type of thing that you all would be in support of? Let me start with you, Jaffe.
3: Yes, sir, I would be in full support of some type of project like that because we have to, you know, in order for us to save tomorrow, we gotta start recycling today and that can start whether it be in a home, that can start in a community. Um that can start in the city, city-wide, statewide. Um but I feel like if we're not taking those steps to, you know, repurpose our waste, um and only relying on one uh one source, um eventually that one source is going to overflow and not be resourceful anymore. And uh we will it's the only, the the future is recycling, repurposing and reinvesting.
0: Melvin?
5: You know, I, I think I, I would agree with him, but I would also say that the cost of using uh, a, the, the, those materials in a, in a stadium to redo another stadium, the cost may be astronomical, so astronomical that it may not be a feasible, or they'd be willing to pay the cost to do that. This is, you know, years ago, they used to tear down buildings and with bricks and reuse uh, had, I think I saw where they had even prisoners go and, and and clean the old bricks and put them in stacks so they could be used and further construction. So I, I would agree. Yes. Okay.
0: How do you feel about Irene?
2: I'm all about some repurposing and I'm with Jaffe. I think that starting with the kids is where we're going to need to start. If, and I know we, we throw so much at them in schools. I taught school for many years and, there's, they're just bombarded. But this is another process that needs to be added in, almost like a civics be, uh, lesson, because it's a way to become a better citizen. It's a way to understand what your government has to uh, make decisions about on a daily basis. And so I'm all about that. To get the kids involved and let's start, as he said, we've got to save that next generation. So we got to get rid of the trash today. So if we start repurposing it, it's going to help a whole lot.
0: What does this issue tell you about Nashville and our region, Rainey?
2: I love Nashville. Um, I love living here. I moved here 11 years ago. I think it's a great city. I love when people come to visit. Um, So I do like the tourism industry. But once again, we need to get back to the root of the city. Um, But I think we have some problems. And we need to be working on those problems rather than kicking them on down the road for the next generation or the next group to deal with.
0: Jaffe. Jaffe, I would like to get your answer on that. Can you repeat the question? About what does this issue tell Mm -hmm. us about Nashville and our region?
3: This tells us about Nashville and our region, that there is still a lot of opportunity um, for education and action to There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of room for opportunity in education and action um, in order for us to really ha- tackle this problem of waste that is here in Nashville. And I feel like we have to have more consistent conversations about the work that we wanna see done and the change that we wanna see happen in order for us to really be at a sustainable city, um, a more sustainable city in the future.
0: Now, people claim they want garbage collection and recycling centers, but just not in their backyards. And to me, from what you all are saying, it feels like we're going to have to sacrifice a bit in order to get a handle on this problem. Am I off base with that line of thinking that a little personal sacrifice is needed from us all? Melvin?
5: You know, my point here is in terms of what we're talking about, that the Nashville needs to take another look at uh, doing its own trash, rather than sending it out somewhere else, it is costing us daily to send trash out, and it's going to cost us more as we continue to navigate life. Sp- uh, when when mentioned the Bardo landfill, it was run by the city. We were making we had we were profiting seven eight million dollars a year on that landfill. So I think I think the powers to be in Nashville need to con- need to consider doing finding find a location to do our own landfill okay
0: all right question for you jaffe where are we headed if we don't find a fix
3: uh stagnant we are headed into some stagnation if we don't find a fix um you know and i agree with him about the Nashville needs to have its own way of land, uh, uh, collecting its own trash. Um, and that's why Recycle Reinvest is here to also be a part of the conversation to figure out how can we, you know, be a part of, you know, increasing the presence of drivers who are picking up trash and possibly at a entry level, you know, pay, you know, there's maybe there may be a way that we can be a part of that fix. So. Um, because if not, like I said, I thought like we will be stagnant. We, will, we, we won't we will be able to progress as a city as we need to
0: and deserve. Last question is for you, Melvin. How can we make sure our officials know how urgent this issue is?
5: You know, by first making sure that you talk to your local representatives and also share all these ideas with all the powers to be and even including the mayor's office about things that we need to do in order to keep this city going in the right direction. I, I think, it, in fact, it's the only way because all, all we're talking about is political, and it comes from comes from the top political arena down to just the people like you and I, okay?
0: You're the elder statesman of the group. What do you hope to see for the future?
5: Well, you know, I, I had mentioned that uh, just a moment ago. I hope that the powers that be here, local lo- local leaders, uh, would take a look at bringing back <clears throat> our local landfills, if we can find a suitable location. Now, this landfill may be in existence for the next 50 to 60 years, and uh, that I, I think we could take a look at that and make sure that we could possibly
0: do it, okay? That is Mr. Melvin Black. He was joined by Jaffe Judah and Rainy Heflin. Thank you all for being in the show and sharing your experiences. We want to thank everyone who tuned in. Tomorrow, we're bringing back Curious Nashville, a WPLN new original, answering your wildest questions about our city and region. Don't miss it. You really, really don't want to miss it. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Listen back to this episode at the thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Steve Harouche, Rose Gilbert, and Tasha AF Limley. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director our executive producer is andrea tudhope the masterminds behind our theme are Larange and namir blade special thanks to alexis marshall emily Seiner, and ambrio Crutchfield. the conversation does not end here tweet us at this is nashville find us on facebook and instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out a really really quick survey online this is nashville i'm khalil a we'll see you tomorrow everybody and be good to each other